You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is Irma Henderson, Director of Transportation, Parking, and Fleet Services at University of California, Riverside, and also a fellow CAP board member who I've spent uh, many years side-by-side advancing the CAP program. How are you doing today, Irma? I'm doing good, thank you. All right, like I asked all my podcast guests, how in the world did you get into parking? (laughs) That's an interesting one. Um, So after the dot-com crash of the late 90s, um, I, I took off. I took some time off to decompress because it was a, a wild roller coaster ride. So at the time, I just decided, well, let me take a job as a receptionist while I figure out what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was answer phones, distribute mail, and not have to think about anything. Right? Uh, the job oh was <laughs> yeah. The job was for a security department at a local university, and. As part of the duties, it included data entry of parking citations. Well, it was a, let's say it was a low-tech department, and the chief of security wasn't very computer savvy. I mean, he had his budget on a Word document. So one day when I saw it, I said, well, you know, can, can I reformat this for you? So yes, it, it, it. Kind of really bothered me that he had his, <laughs> his million dollar budget on a Word document. But oh, um, <laughs> then four years later, you know, just like most people in parking, I was still there. But now the, the biggest difference was I was in charge of the whole parking and commuter services program. And we were at the point where we were building a underground three-story parking structure rewriting our in-house Oracle-based parking database and implementing paid parking. So really my first introduction to parking was a a four-year trial by fire. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like, you just got introduced to like every element of parking. You got enforcement, a garage, building, maintenance, a uh, implementing paid parking, university. Wow, that's a trial by fire right there. At the time, it wasn't that big of a deal because coming off the dot coms, yeah, you know, I, in an educational institution, oh, this is not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I always forget, you know, all those millions of uh, paper tickets before handheld enforcement. You know that. Yes. There, there was clerks. There was jobs. There was people at a desk typing these in. Man, I wonder if you add up all those hours from every tick. Think about New York City from the '60s and '70s and '80s and. Even the nineties, that's that's man, that's crazy. But it led to it was a gateway drug entering parking tickets to now running a university. So now you're at University of California at Riverside. Mm-hmm. So tell our listeners uh what's it like managing this program? What's you know, garages, lots, enforcement, what what's your day-to-day like with with this university? So typically, I mean, we have a population of about thirty-five thousand. On any you know given time of the day, in between students, staff, faculty, and uh, visitors, we have around twelve thousand spaces, uh, and ninety percent of them are in open surface parking lots. So we are a little bit. I mean, we're pretty flat out here. Uh, we just have two garages, um, but those are also open garages, no gates, no nothing. 
So you were frictionless and gateless before it was a, a trend. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. I'm assuming enforcement's a big deal there, you know, permitting and enforcement. Yes. And so one thing that we 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 do have is our permitting system. We're on a lot specific three-tiered parking system. So when you come in, we ask you, do you want to park in a red, blue, or gold lot? Obviously, with each one with different prices. And then we put we assign you a parking lot, and that is where you park. So it's it's really interesting because each lot has its own utilization and it has its own oversell rate because we're lot specific. You know, you, it's not like a hunting permit where you just yeah. drive around campus, right? Yeah. So, this is, so it, this is the same for like if a daily visitor, they go kind of through the same process or is that different process? Correct. They, they go through the same process. Um, depending on where they're going, we will let them know where where best to park. They do have to either see us um, or they can use Park Mobile to, to be able to find parking. But yes, um, it is different prices based on the lot and the location that you're, you want to go to. Yeah. So again, dynamic pricing before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot of spreadsheets because, you know, the oversell and the utilization is all over the board. So um, a lot of it trying to, you know, get people off wait lists is just more of a, a feel sometimes rather than a science. Yeah. 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 And is it, I mean, is this like, do you have some of those rules like freshmen can't drive it? You know, is this an issue because there's a wait list that you try to get people out of the car? Well, yes, we, uh, freshman residents, um, is, it's a lot of, it's a, they're not allowed to buy parking permits. So, I mean, we, we grant exceptions, but for the most part, we like to keep our resident freshmen here on campus. Otherwise, uh, one of our other biggest, bigger programs is our UPASS program, where anybody affiliated with the campus, students, staff, and faculty, they can ride our local regional transit system for free. And this is something that the department, we pay for out of permit revenue. So oh. it's, it's, it's separate from the university, but you guys will uh, pay for them to use that and offset it with the, with the permit revenues. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the local regional, you know, public transit. And one of the ways that I was able to do not only get the program running and keep it running is really through the partnership with the local transit agency. I mean, Riverside Transit Agency has been a great partner in this. Because the biggest thing about this program for us on the financial side is that we have a yearly cap on the contract. The contract cannot run away. Once we've hit that cap, whatever we've negotiated for that year, the invoices start coming in at zero dollars. Oh wow, that's really cool. And that's you know, I was talking I've talked to some people where you know, where they, you know, looking at the budget and maybe having to build their own transit system and they were able to change the routes or work with the city or the county to utilize a system that's already in place, make some adjustments and make that work without having to spend the multi-million dollars to implement their own. So that's really cool. You guys have that great partnership and to make that work for your stakeholders. It's well done. Yeah. And right now, um, you know, pre-COVID, uh, we took a look at it and, you know, between 
8 a.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. We have about 2,000 distinct individuals that are coming off the bus to come to campus. So a lot of times when when people start balking because our contract prices continuing to rise, you know, year over year, I just tell them, well, right now it's only seven hundred thousand dollars, and if we were to build a new parking structure to accommodate, mm. t- you know, two thousand people, the debt service in that, you know, would oh. be three four times that, right? I can't imagine now. I'm- I want to get, if any listeners out there have updated numbers, you know, I used to have, man, I might get these way off, but to build a parking garage, it's between 10,000 and 30,000 space and underground it's between 40 and 60. I don't know, but this was before inflation and the cost of materials skyrocketing. So I'm just curious. Yeah. What, what, what these new numbers look like, but long story short, it's, it's not cheap to, to build a new garage. So I love creative ways to to, to work around that. So that's really cool. Are there, does UCR have any sporting teams or you have to worry about, uh, not no, worry, but you have to, you have to work with events and basketball games or anything like that. Yeah. We, we have a lot of events on campus, but, um, we don't have, you know, we're not an athletic, uh, college yeah, yeah. or university. So, you know, that's one thing that we don't, that influx of, you know, 10,000 people coming in, in in an hour and, and staying for a few hours. That's not something we have to deal with here. Yeah. And what's your team look like as far as employees that help manage all of this? Um, Pre-COVID, we were about a total of uh, 35. Um, wow. COVID and, you know, just like everyone else, it, it yeah. did a number. Um, so right now, I want to say uh, we're, well, we were 35 career staff with about 50 to 75 student staff, depending on the time of year. Right now, we're at about 27 career staff and two students. Yeah, I was going to ask that to how many students uh, work the parking. And that, that's a cool story, too. I'd like to see a study from IPI, IPMI on that because I know one of my favorite people, Laura, she she got a, you know, was a student and got a job at a, a university while she was there. But I'm, there, I bet there's a lot of people that started in like a part-time parking gig at their university and then ended up staying in parking forever. So I have uh, yeah. uh, currently five of my staff that started here at UCR and, and never left. And then I have another staff member who started at UCLA and you know, became a career over there and then was recently transferred and, and hired over here. So it, That's, I have a feeling it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I know we're both on the cat board, but that would be cool. Like a, like a discount or a special program for universities, you know, to, you know, you have, you have students that are working part-time in the parking department, let them know this is an industry. Here's, here's a curriculum, here's training, here's how you can advance. But Actually, let's jump right into that. So, you know, well, first of all, I know education is very important to you. To you, uh, looking at your resume, you're you might be one of the few people in the industry that have more uh, certifications than me. Cap, and <laughs> no, APO, I think you still got me there. <laughs> Green Garage Assessor, Lead, you got a, a handful of them. But um, most importantly, is Cap and um, 
you serve on the cat board, but let's break it down. We have some listeners who aren't in parking necessarily or are not IPMI members. So tell us what CAP is. So CAP stands for Certified Administrator of Public Parking. Um, So essentially, it's a certification, and it establishes a benchmark of excellence um, and commitment to continued education for parking and mobility professionals. So that's the complicated version. (laughs) But essentially, it just means that a person who has a CAP is a person who knows a lot about parking and mobility. And in multiple areas um, that sometimes don't make any sense. Um, it, it was interesting when I was trying, you know, trying to think about this, really the breadth of knowledge that a cap really has to know, because it's construction methods and techniques, financial and strategic goals and operations, existing and emerging software and hardware technology. I mean, Cybersecurity, emergency preparedness, you know, credit card processing and, and government rules. I mean, it's it it's a big breadth of knowledge that you have to learn um, and know and continue to keep up with as the industry changes. Yeah, and I, From- I love that how like as the industry changes, so does the exam. So it's certified by I think it's ISO International. I can't remember what it stands for, but like every three to five years, they have to redo the, uh, the analysis and yeah, rewrite questions. So like now we're actually rewriting questions. We haven't rewritten them since COVID. So now the test is going to change to talk about curb management and frictionless and COVID and safety measures around um, uh, spreading illnesses and stuff. So it's um, that's what's really cool about it. As the as you said, as things change, cybersecurity or whatever. Is trending. The test is also evolving to make sure it's up to date with the latest body knowledge. It's like when you hear an accountant is a CPA, you say, "Wow, this person is an expert. They they have CPA. They went and studied their butts off and proven themselves as an expert in that field." That's the same thing with CAP. You know, it shows that when you see those initials behind someone's name, this is a person who has meta standard has achieved excellence. They are leaders in this industry. Yeah. Um, a lot of individuals, you know, as, as, as you know, don't really quite understand the breadth of parking and, you know, oh, well, there's a certification. We just take a test. Right. And I use CPA as, as an example of, um, of what cap means to our industry, because you have to have worked in the industry for X amount of time on top of knowing all of, you know, having all of this knowledge of operations and, and, you know, and things like, what am I thinking? Different types of salts that somebody would use in a parking structure yeah. in a location that has snow. Well, I live in Southern California. It doesn't snow where I'm at, but I had to know and understand different types of salts and yeah. how they affect cement. <laughs> That's a great analogy. And it's, it's true. Like there's some caps that have only worked garages have never, they don't know, you know, they never worked in operation that issued parking tickets or handled appeals mm-hmm. or payment, but they had to learn that they had to study and, and acquire that knowledge in order. It makes you definitely well-rounded 
it's why a lot of uh, jobs are requiring it. It's a lot of, why a lot of um, RFPs they're they're wanting their operators to pitch a propose a manager that has the cap because it's such a you know you know you're getting a well-rounded knowledgeable member in the industry and I know you're on the board. Congratulations, re, uh, recently re-elected, I believe. But maybe just a quick blurb about your uh, time on the cap board. Well, uh, it's it's been uh, a wild ride. It's been very interesting. Uh, I originally got on the cap board or ran for for the seat because cap has done so much for me and, and IPMI. So I was when I first started. My education for CAP, let me think. I had a director at the time who was very, very supportive of my goal and, and my desire to get a CAP. However, after, my, after the first six months, he had retired and the individual that replaced him was not, very, was not supportive at all of continuing education. So I was, you know, I was on a fast track to to get my cap in a year but all of a sudden my you know financial support just was pulled out from under me and so i applied for um, a scholarship because cap has some some funds that they that they set aside for financial assistance and i was able through that to finish my cap completely and so you know i just wanted to find a way to give back and and so when this opportunity came forward, I really wanted to take the time and just show my appreciation and help others who were in the same position, who you know may not have been in a management position or may not be in one, but are struggling to get their cap because you never know where it will take you. Yeah, absolutely. And... And you talked a little bit just about budgets and uh, funding for this education. So that kind of leads into another question. We'll talk to you about the the CAP Classic. I think you help or have helped organize this or or help raise funds. So it's a a, a golf tournament, right? Every every year with IPMI. Talk to us a little bit about the CAP Classic and what what we yeah. do with those funds. So it's an, an annual golf tournament that raises money, again, to provide financial assistance to people who are pursuing their cap or, or to those that need to recertify. So like we talked about before, um, you have to recertify every three years. And as part of recertifying, you need to show that you have educational credits or units and are staying up to um, speed with the industry. Well, a great example is these past two years with COVID, there are a lot of individuals that, you know, budgets were slashed, people were laid off, and it left a number of people in limbo because all of a sudden they needed to recertify, but their employer was no longer there. And so the, the scholarship is there to help individuals out. And the golf tournament is pretty much the the primary way that uh, we use to raise money. And it, it's a fun tournament. I, I, I almost don't want to call it a tournament because there are many people who come out who aren't golfers. I mean, it's just a great time to meet some new people um, in the industry, have some laughs, you know, 
and enjoy the outdoors. Of course, you know, and, and it's great because you're, you're helping others in the industry gain more education and experience, right? So, so yeah, it's, um, it, it's a great day for, you know, so if, if you're interested this year, I, I know that there's still some spots open for, for you or, you know, any of your listeners. What if we're very, very, very bad at golf? Well, it, it also <laughs> works because um, uh, the the game, the the tournament is a scramble, best ball scramble. So it means that in the foursome, everyone has to hit the ball at every uh, at every location. However, you get to use the best ball out of that round of four. So. If like me, you hit the ball and it goes sideways when it needs to go straight, <laughs> you know, one person in the, in the four can probably get it to go the direction or towards the direction it needs to go. Right. That's yeah. all you really need to do. That is true. I've, I've golfed once and it was a, what you call the best ball. And every once in a while, the ball would be like an inch from the hole and they'd say, Isaiah, Isaiah, you know, and <laughs> I would knock it in and they would finally use one of my strokes and I'd feel so happy. But the last podcast episode, I said, I did not know how to drive a stick and never valeted. And this episode I'm saying, I don't know how to golf. So I, I might just be excommunicated from the parking industry, but hopefully <laughs> our listeners are forgiving. So man, uh, first of all, as a member of the cat board fellow member, thank you so much, Irma, for all you've done. We've, uh, we've, We've done a lot, a lot of initiatives, a lot of cool things to help advance the, the CAP curriculum, the CAP program. And a lot of that was because of you and your service. So so thank you for all your time on the CAP. And I know you just got elected for a, a few more years. So we look forward to, to serving again on the CAP board. So how can, yeah, no problem. How can listeners learn more or follow along with all things parking at the University of California, Riverside, or reach out to you, I guess, if they heard something they like? So we try to make it easy. Um, so if you go on any platform, you know, um, Google or any social media, it's just hashtag TAPS, T-A-P-S, U-C-R. And, and you'll be able to, to get at least, you know, most avenues to, um, uh, to be able to come back to us. Um, for me, my email is just as easy because it's my name, Irma.Henderson at UCR. So we try to make things as simple as possible because, again, it's parking, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. And I just typed that in and I'm reading all the communication from TAPS UCR. That's really cool. And I will put some of that information in the show notes. But um, and, and Irma, when you're not parking cars or serving on the cap board, what do you like to do for fun? Well, we just recently got um, a new puppy. So we... In, oh, what kind? <laughs> so in January, we got a eight-week-old German Shepherd. So it was this cute oh. little fluff ball. Well, now he's almost six months and he's this gigantic monster, right? <laughs> oh, and how are you doing with the hair all over the house and couch? Well, we're we're vacuuming every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a husky and a half shepherd, half husky, and Oof. my full time job is uh, vacuuming hair when when they're with me. So that that's funny. 
So no, he's, he's a lot of fun. It's great. And yeah. he's, um, he's a great boy and is, is really oddly enough, you know, at, at six months, um, he, he's so intelligent. I mean, I took him to the, the local hardware store just last weekend, you know, and people were, were looking at him, trying to call him and he was, he was working, man. He said, no, I'm not going to look at you. I'm just going to be sitting here and, you know, hoping that people don't notice that I'm a dog in a store. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. What mine are so smart as well, but yeah, shepherds are, are very smart, loyal dogs. So good for you guys. I know that that'll be a a lot of fun and uh, I can't wait to see pictures. You got to send me pictures of your little pup. Oh, I will. All right. Well, Irma, thank you so much for, again, uh, for the cat board, but also for joining the podcast and sharing a little bit about UCR with our listeners. And uh, I can't wait to see you at IPMI, hopefully this year. Great. Thank you very much for, for asking me to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. This episode is brought to you by Tez Technology. Since 1993, Tez has developed innovative text-based mobile solutions designed to streamline operations, increase efficiency, and improve overall customer experiences. My favorite is the ability to pay for parking without having to download an app. Tez Solutions includes SMS valet, text to park, permit to park, and much more. I think every organization or city or university should be adding Tez to their payment options arsenal. Learn more about Tez at tezhq.com.